Welcome to Bookish Podcast with Caffanel, a podcast about books ish. A quick disclaimer before we start there may be some spoilers, so please save the episode for later if you don't want any. And also, please follow us on social at We Are Bookish Pod. We hope you enjoy. Hello. <laughs> what just happened there? That was really oh weird. That was so weird. You just froze. Well, just so we can't access your video and then went weird. Ah, I can see you, but like blurry. I don't know what happened there. That was really weird. <laughs> that was a glitch from the Matrix, wasn't oh, it? Oh my God. Hello. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> you know what, Ellie? Mercury's going into retrograde soon, so we better get oh, some recording in. <laughs> We're doing so well as well, as well as well. I know. New episode dropped today. Whoop. <laughs> Whoop. But you know what else dropped? Not today, but two days ago now. It, also, guys, I had to finish it on my lunch break because I was like, Ellie is going to be pissed at me if I have not finished this. Love is blind reunion. <laughs> and we could like actually talk about it now, like properly, because I feel like we were skirting around bits and yeah. pieces oh, while yeah, we were playing catch up. up. Today, was I? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm always playing catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but it was this season, I think they said it was like Netflix's um, most successful season. Um, I guess maybe in terms of like ratings and stuff and viewership. So much drama. So much drama and it's still giving so much drama even after it's all done. Um, I mean, season one is will always have a special place in a lot of people's hearts because, you know, Lauren and Cameron, we love you. But we now have, like we, we will have for a very long time been missing like the next couple like that. Mm. And we, until we met Tiffany and Brett, so love Tiffany and Brett. I have to say the reunion did not give the no. way I wanted it to. Um, Didn't ask the right gave... questions. No, and okay, actually, on that, I texted Ellie about this. The baby questions were so weird and like invasive. Yes. I was like. Uh, uh, it's 2023 we don't ask women when they're getting pregnant anymore no. <laughs> like come on you just you just don't know she might not want kids they might not want kids um someone might be finding it really difficult to get pregnant and I just think that you need to be a bit more sensitive to that because you just don't know what people are going through yeah absolutely I think it was really distasteful actually to like ask all those questions and go on about phrases they get Bartice on there being like I've got a baby Whose baby is it? <laughs> please, please, with yeah, whose baby is it? All of a sudden, Bartis go. Please, can we just retire Bartis? Like, yeah, no one babies. likes him, no one wants we're, him, no one. Calls, it's a horrible, long-running joke that no one likes or finds funny. Please retire Bartis. Bless him. Oh, it's not just, a good, not a good one. Not a good one. Not at all. Um. I'm really happy that Zach and Bliss and Brett and Tiffany are doing well. I was saying mm. to Kath, like, I I totally understand that Bliss was the like a second option, but throughout, I com completely understand why he made the, the wrong decision or did, made the decisions he's made, even though it was like a, a very wrong decision, like a blatantly, obviously very wrong decision. To yeah. pick Tyrena when he did, I felt that you know when you have like a 
trauma bond with someone. And so it's easy. He went for the easy option instead of the brave option when he chose Irina. Yeah, he did. And yeah, you know when Irina was like, oh, I'm so glad that you love all the bits that I found like horrible or something. I was like, that's just, that's a really backhanded compliment, babe. Like, she's she's really interesting, actually. I watched a video of her being like, yeah, like they didn't show me crying. (laughs) Just give it up. Just actually stop now. Like, go and work on yourself. Like, and just stop digging a hole, babe. (laughs) I think Zach was right. I think she did definitely go on there to raise her profile. And I mean, like, it would be a lie if none of them went on there to raise their own profiles, even just a little bit. Oh, um, yeah. But... You kind of have to want to, because otherwise, like... Exactly, yeah. right? But I think that she just... just It probably isn't a very nice person on top of that. And yeah. there's, like, so much more that happened behind the scenes that no one knows about. That's... You know, it's... To... Yeah. Go on. Um, I found it really interesting they kept referring to the fact that, like it was really, they only saw a bit, because obviously we know that, but it was interesting that they did the reunion live and it was like an opportunity for every single member of cast to be like, you only saw a fraction of my story, like really yeah. like quite aggressively. So I think, you know, we how we've talked in the past about like how producers like really edit stuff. And we know that obviously we see like 10 hours of like six weeks. So we're obviously yeah. only going to see like a tiny snippet. But I found it really interesting that they all, Almost all of them felt a little bit hard done by by it, I feel. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. They they really did. Um, and so, yeah, th- so that's why the reunion is a great opportunity to be able to answer to things that wasn't shown and they just really didn't sh- ask the right questions. No. I don't think. I don't understand, right, and I, the Paul and Micah stuff, right, I mm. wasn't... Micah, mm, she's one of those people that needs better people around her. I think she, yeah, she has the capacity to be a a better. Per- I think she's a better person than she was portrayed as, and I think a lot of that is influenced by who's around her. I don't think she has the best set of friends, like Absolutely. at all. Um, and then ov- I think you saw a change in her from when she was with Irina in comparison to when she's with the other set of girls. By the way, yeah. people, when we're talking about this, we are talking about, like, what we've seen. Like, we don't know these people. We're just talking about as, how it, how it's as it's been presented to us as viewers, yeah. right? Um, but, and I do agree that they shouldn't have got married, and I'm glad that they didn't. But, Paul, I didn't vibe with either. And I don't yeah. think we quite saw all of his personality, not really. I think he got off very, very lightly because the comment he made about her not being nurturing, I think, was really left field. And it took me a minute. I went, wow, that's like, that's quite a strong thing to say. Well, it's honest. Quite... It's honest. I think he didn't know why he didn't want to be with her. Yeah. So he had to, he had to say something and he panicked and that's what he said. I think. Because I, I just think it's, it's not like, very nice. It's not a very nice thing to say. It's definitely something that you'd, a conversation you'd have behind closed doors. I mean. But why would you say that to someone? Like, that's just, 
Ooh, that's not that's just not nice. I mean, I know like Micah's like wasn't portrayed in the best way either, but like it was just a bit weird. Like you just where like and the way she said that she'd never heard him say anything like that. It's like a just a random thought. Oh great, good one. You've been holding that to yourself for the last six weeks. You know what? That's what men do though. They do. Sorry to generalize, but they <laughs> hold things and then suddenly it just comes out and you're like, wait, what? Where? Like what I mean it's something When were you gonna tell me about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like sorry i didn't realize you had a raging issue with me like thanks for telling me <laughs> <laughs> oh okay great thank you um oh she 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 absolutely needs better friends i can't believe just how horrible they are yeah i, I agree i think she i think any in because it's very strange that she made Paul go first and I know people have said that maybe they found that that was quite calculated of her because she didn't want to get rejected or um yeah but I would do the same but she she said that she wasn't sure and I think she needed an answer from she needed the answer from him didn't she I can't remember why she mm. said she did that way but um I think that all of her decisions have been actually when you look at it all of her decisions have been made because she needed the validation first. Yeah. And I think that says something, talks to something maybe deeper that's going on. And actually she just needs better people around her so that she can just feel confident in any decisions that she makes for herself, mm. you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's an interesting one. Like friendships and like what they mean and like, to know whether they're good for you or not. <laughs> yes. You know, so dump them, Micah, but dump your friends. No, actually dump them. I actually, dump I don't them. even, I do not even care if you go, oh, it's only just some, no, dump them. They're, they're terrible, actually terrible people. But if you need some help, maybe you could try therapy speak. <laughs> oh my God. So Elle sent me this article on Bustle and the title, the headline, is therapy speak making us selfish? Subheader, boundaries are important, but our relationships require a touch more compassion than some online blueprints offer. <laughs> Do you want to explain the article? So this was trending on Twitter, right? <laughs> um, so some of my favorite commentators like Bolu, um, Babalola, author also, um, had like, it, they just, Twitter they just queen, Twitter comma, author. <laughs> Twitter queen, yeah. Um, basically, the article opens, last summer, Anna, 24, was dumped by a long-time friend over text. While making plans to meet up, the friend pivoted and told Anna she wanted to end their five-year friendship. When Anna asked if it was something she did, her friend told her she wasn't comfortable answering and that was no more room for discussion. I'm in a place where, this is what the friend said, I'm in a place where I'm trying to honour my needs and act in alignment with what feels right within the scope of my life. And I'm afraid our friendship doesn't seem to fit in that framework. I can no longer hold the emotional space you've wanted me to and think the support you need is beyond the scope of what I can offer. <laughs> we have some thoughts. Oh, we have some <laughs> thoughts. I would, I would, like, is, is therapy speak making people selfish gaff <laughs> so my opinion on this is that like tools that they're talking about like boundary setting and stuff like that are really important therapy tools especially for somebody that doesn't have any boundaries in their life and i think 
it's a classic case of where like something quite important is becoming trivialized because people are using it in the wrong context and like over the overuse of something that like has become obviously it's important that we normalize like therapy techniques and like talk about them openly and things like that but it's like I feel like this I don't know because we don't know the context of this friendship but it kind of feels like this girl's gone I've heard this really cool thing that people are doing now and I'm just gonna do it because I don't like this girl anymore um and I think it's really important to set boundaries and to like hold space for yourself like I was saying like I have a friend that's really really good at being like oh no sorry I can't see you today because I like really need like an hour to myself or something and I really respect that not like cancelling necessarily but like if I'm like oh you free for a drink tonight or whatever um and then it feels it makes me feel like I can do I can say the same to her so like and she's like really encouraging of me being like no I'm gonna like have a night in by myself which I never do and I always need to so like stuff like that but that's different to being like or you've given me the ick so I'm gonna send you some like bullshit about how I'm setting boundaries in my life it's just it's just so cold (laughs) do you know what I mean and I think that I if that had happened to me I'd like to have the opportunity to either change my behavior if it was really a concern of a friend of mine who felt that the friendship had run its I mean fair enough if the friendship had run its course and you just didn't want anything to do with me that's I mean, what can I do? I just have to respect it. Yeah, but I would that hope does happen. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. I, but I would feel, I would hope that you would at least be a little bit more human and empathetic about how you do that and not therapy speak me. Like, but also, like, would you ever end a relationship like that? You just friendships are relationships. Like, did you stop did... talking to people? That's what that's what normally happens now. Well, yeah, which we, like, again, we had a long conversation about this before, but I've had situations where, like, a friend's just suddenly just, like, stopped interacting with me. And I've been like, what the hell's going on? And, like, not getting any answers. And I could have asked the question, like, what's going on? But I didn't, like, why would I, like, I don't know. It was just like, I felt like it should have come from them. So sometimes that happens and you're like, actually, it would have been nice to have some honesty, even if the truth hurts, right? Yeah. But then, on the other hand, I, I... I wouldn't want them to turn around and be like, I need to set boundaries with you, so friendship over. <laughs> yeah. I guess like, it's just... Okay. I guess it's just how much you... Um, I, yeah, I guess it's just how much you really... Do you really want the answer to the question, I guess? Yeah. Is the... And how close is the friend? Like, is it just an acquaintance that actually you probably just didn't need to say anything? Or are they like your best mate, in which case you have a long-term relationship with them that you, mm-hmm. like, should probably address. And, like, yeah. Like, friendship breakups are real, right? So, yeah. Friendships ebbs and, fl- ebb and flows, right? Like, um, you're not always going to be... It's not It's not always going to be great, like, and... Exactly. Um, going well. Sometimes you grow apart and you're, or you're on different life tracks and so your worlds are very, very different and you might not meet in the middle. Um, but I think as long as there's love there and you want to work on it, then I think it's it's nice to be able to give people the opportunity to rectify or have the opportunities, yeah, to rectify um, yeah. the situation if it is or if they feel that they want to. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a weird, it's just a bit weird. Yeah, and the, like further on in the article, they talk about the fact that like, 
you need to recognize it's a relationship so there's two yeah. people and it's like there may be instances when it's necessary to bail on a plan ignore a text speak up when you feel slighted or take space from a trying friendship but there are people on the other side of these interactions with their own sense of interiority if your friends are frequently choosing their own needs over yours franco says it's worth asserting yourself um and it's like, I think the assumption that we should always be flexible according to people's boundaries. But when someone's boundaries inflict on your, you feeling loved and supported and cared for in a relationship, you don't have to just put up with it in the name of someone else's self-care. Yeah. So it's like, it is a balance, isn't it? Like, and that's the other thing. It's like, yes, it's important to be selfish at times and protect yourself and look after yourself. But at the end of the day, you don't want to be an asshole. Like, there's, there's a balance to be had. And there's there? enough like... of them in the world. <laughs> Like, you I don't, I wouldn't want to, like, if my friend really needed me, but I was feeling a bit tired and I didn't want to go out, I would still go and see my friend. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but if I knew my friend was fine and I actually was, like, feeling a bit rubbish, I might be like, oh, do you mind if we rearrange? Yeah, you know? exactly, yeah. And it's not, like, a big deal. Like, so I found it, I, I found it really funny because it was, it literally was just trending and I was like... <laughs> this is pretty harsh let me send it as I do every day send Kath one or two tweets a day no not even one or two I send you like a flood of tweets a day I know I love it it's um, like my own personal Twitter feed that's what we do at work we tailor content for our members and that's basically what Ellie does for me <laughs> she tailors her Twitter feed for me um but no yeah and like actually so <laughs> sorry I've got a bit of a cough suddenly god um we when we went to see Dolly Alderton, like her oh, thing yeah. about um her Agni Aunt show thing, which was really good. Um It was very was good. Called, what was it called? It was do, um in conversation with do, Dolly Live in conversation with Dolly. I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was like, um just a chat and then like Agni Aunt stuff. It was cool. Oh it, was it wasn't No, it wasn't the name of her book, was it? Maybe it was called Everything I Know. No, it wasn't. I didn't think it was. Mm. Anyway, we went to see Jolly Alderton and the second half of the show was like agony on her agony on style of stuff because she does that for the stylist. And she talked about this girl that basically wrote in saying like, my best friend gives me the ick and I don't know what to do about it. Like, everything she does gives me the ick. And everyone in the, everyone in the audience was like, what the hell? That's yeah. so mean. Dump her. Yeah, like literally, like it's like, what? You can't just like someone, like think about what you're actually saying. Like, yeah. Saying I've got the ick is such like a pop culture thing to say, right? Everyone's like, yeah. oh, I've got the ick, I've got the ick, I've got the ick. I literally say it every single day. I'm like, that gives me the ick. Like when my boyfriend's doing this Duolingo, I'm like, that gives me the ick. <laughs> does he? No, no, bless him. He's so good. He does it every single day and he's actually really good at it. And I just start joking about how it gives me the ick. And now I feel really bad about it because he's like, oh, I, I won't do it in front of you. And I what's, feel awful. What's I am Tom a learning? Person. Italian. Oh, bless him. He, I'm a terrible person and he is brilliant at his Duolingo. I think but, it's just um, a bit rich given that you were on Duolingo. <laughs> I know, I was just being a bitch. But, like, you know when you're, like, joking, like, oh, that gives me the ick, right? Yeah, like, yeah, what yeah. What I meant by that is, like, you know, you joke around something giving you the ick. Yeah. Right? He, nothing gives me the ick with Tom, okay? He's an angel. Um, but... <laughs> lovely, lovely man, honestly. Yeah, yeah. he's an angel. But... You joke about it, right? You're not going to be... I would literally never dream of actually saying that seriously about someone, like, that I was friends with. So then... But then, like, on the flip side, 
talking about social media, which we're going to talk about a lot with the book we're talking about today, I'm a fan. The comments on the post, so basically, okay, sorry, I've jumped, but basically she then shared the post the other day on her Instagram, Dolly Alderton shared the post from the stylist on her mm-hmm. Instagram story, um, which is where her agony art column is. Um, and I, I went on it and the comments were horrible. Like people were being so nasty to this girl who had written in, being like, like just so nasty. And I was like, oh my God, is there no compassion left in the world? Like Mom. this is a person who's written this in. Like, yes, they're not being very nice. Yes, they're channeling their inner Irina probably, but like, oh my God, like even Irina's a person, right? So, yeah, like, yeah. Exactly. Welcome. Thank, thanks for going to my TED Talk. Thanks for going to TED Talk. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, it's like what you said before. There's two people on either side. Everyone has feelings and you have to just be, be mindful of the fact that your actions have consequences. Exactly. It has a ripple effect no matter how small. So you should as best as you can because sometimes the situation doesn't lend itself to being um kind but be kind and we say that a lot but then again that's another phrase that gets taken out and out of context and not used properly or only applied to certain groups of people oh, and not the, others the perils the perils of the world that we live in god i hate it here <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, you're so right, actually. Like, even something like be kind is, like, taken, yes, a different way sometimes, isn't it? Um, yeah. It's not applied uh, fairly or appropriately or with the, to everyone in with the same brush. No. Uh, the only person I will never be kind to is this Tory <laughs> government. <laughs> the only person. People. People, group, prime minister and cronies and like... I won't ever be kind to them. They're nasty. Be cruel to be kind. <laughs> no, not you even. You tell them now. Nasty tell them human tell beings. Them what doing wrong. Um, but actually, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, fine. Um, yeah, the book. Well, the book that we're. <laughs> I was just like talking about nasty human beings. No, because she wasn't talking about terrible people. No. There you go. Thanks for coming to our TED talk. End of no book talk today. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Um we're we're so I think in previous episodes we've always been like, we'd love to make our way down the long list of the women's prize and like read a book, read all of the books. Um, we're not going to be able to do that, not before next week. Would, would you like to say why? The reason why is because I, I don't have a small fortune to buy them all. I can't get them out of the library. And I, the, my only friend that seems to be reading them is reading them on a bloody Kindle. And I'm like, babe, she texts me, she's like, you should read this. And I'm like, cool, can I borrow it? And she's like, I bought it on my Kindle. And I was like, right, well, you suck, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> Thanks. What, where is she reading it? I mean, what is she reading? What does she recommend? She read Wandering Souls and she said it was really, really good. Uh, And she read Trespassers and she said that was really good as well. uh, I want to read Cursed Bread and Memphis. Yes, I want to read Memphis. That's coming out in paperback next week. Oh my God, amazing. I think that's going to be shortlisted, you know, because I've seen lots of hype around it. Yeah. It's, um, (laughs) so another barrier to reading it all is that a lot of them are hardbacks. And as you know, we hate hardbacks we hate hardbacks and i don't have 18 pounds to drop on like 
14 books or something however many books are on the long list sorry but i'm not made of money but we do want to read them we promise women's prize if you want to sponsor us for an episode uh we'd be very open to receiving the shortlist hardbacks or not <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh, in which case i can forgo my hardback rule so you know um i was gonna i messaged our book club and was like because they've got this like book club thing that you can enter into mm. so i I still have to do this before the 20th. I'm going to enter our book club in because we, we would all read it and we're very opinionated people. So it'd be great content. At the women's prize. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is the bit that we're going to take and clip for social. <laughs> um, <laughs> where do we go from here? Chaos. Chaos on this episode. Chaos. But anyway, I'm a fan as long listed and we bought it because it has a nice cover and it's in a paperback. And the first <laughs> yes, and the first sentence is wild. And that was enough for me to go, yes, sir. Yes, like ma'am. To, would you like me to read it? Yes, please. Um <laughs> I stalk a woman on the internet who is sleeping with the same man as I am. That's the first sentence. I it only gets more wild from there. I was like, I've never felt so seen. Because <laughs> that's probably something I would do. It's something no, we've all it's done. Not. It's no, I mean, as in like, you know. Stalking someone, yeah. Stalking someone on the internet. People, do you know you'd be lying really if you funny? said you didn't do it. Also, this is a trick that I didn't know. Sometimes when I'm too quick to look at her stories, I block her temporarily so she doesn't know I'm absolutely mindedly refresh her page 15 times a minute while Netflix plays in the background on my laptop. Didn't know you could do that. <laughs> I didn't know either. And again, feel so seen. I didn't know you could do that, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It's definitely... You need you. I left it feeling very angry, and then needs to think about my how I felt and why I felt that way before coming mm. to any sort of conclusive um, opinion. Yes, and I still don't think I quite have it, but I think it's really bloody effing clever, and I totally understand why it's on the shortlist. Yes. Long list, long list. It might long be on the short list by the time be. this is out. At the Women's Prize, we would like the short list, please. <laughs> um, no, I'm joking, not really. Um, no, no, but really, she's not joking, really. We do want the long really. We do, but yeah. We anyway. love you. We're coming to your event. We went to your event. We always come to your events. We always talk about your book. Anyway. Um... <laughs> uh, it's yeah I agree I think I didn't enjoy the experience of reading it because that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the book yeah um I think the experience of reading the book is a little bit wild it's a little bit of a roller coaster (laughs) (laughs) um but I think the book is very clever and I think there are a lot of really good things about the book and I and it's kind of like that sort of like literary book that you want to like unpick which probably makes a good episode actually which is why we're talking about it today. Yeah. Um, I So it reads like um, a stream of consciousness, like mm-hmm. thoughts, and each um, chapter, I guess, has a header. And some of them are so very good. There's one that follows through, and I think it's a song lyric. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. I don't have my um, book with me in front of me today because I'm in the office uh, to tell you what it is. But I was like, oh, that's 
so goddamn bloody good. Um, well, but shall I just read Kath a selection? Because they're, yes. they're all good. Like one of them, page 77, nepotism it, girl. <laughs> 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 like, what the fuck? And then um, another one, page 152, if I was a worm, would you still love me? And sorry, but haven't we all asked that question? I definitely have. Um, <laughs> Page 187 is just for the plot. <laughs> so they're just great. Like some of them are just one word. It's like one page 143 is just knees. Um, and then some are longer, like page 157, unbothered, moisturized, happy, in my lane, focused, flourishing. <laughs> and then the next one is the other side. So basically every, like almost every page, well, it's like each passage has like a, a header. Mm. And I think at the time when I was reading it, like I found them a bit like hard to sort of like digest. But now like going back through the book, I'm like, okay, these are actually really funny and really clever. Um, but oh, yeah. Sorry, I'm just trying to find the one that I really wanted to you find it. I'll say the blurb of the book. So that's what we we should do that because yes, I feel like context. Context. We Ellie and I have this thing, right? We used to just like chat each other and then the other person would go, um, context. And then we'd have to <laughs> elaborate. Um so the blurb. In Oh yeah. Wait, I'm gonna read the blurb that you put in the doc. In I'm a fan, a single speaker uses a story of their experience in a seemingly unequal, unfaithful relationship as a prism through which to examine the complicated hold which we have on one another. With a clear and unforgiving eye, the narrator unpicks the behaviour of all involved, herself included, and makes startling collections between the power struggles at the heart of human relationships and those of the wider world. In turn, offering a devastating critique of access, social media, patriarchal, heteronormative relationships, and our cultural obsession with status and how that status is conveyed. Which is a great summary. I wonder who wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to speak to it that. actually is a really good summary. It was a really good summary. I thought that too. Um, I can't find it. It's, it's okay. No matter. You can put it on social when um, you find it. I will. That's a good idea. Um, Full of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me this evening. <laughs> um, I just, we're full of beans and I can't, I'm, I'm going to go. Yeah, well, basically, so like, it reads like stream of consciousness, like, and the main character is like, just talking about how she's obsessed with the woman that the guy she is sleeping with is sleeping with. But just for context, there's a little bit of a, let's do like a, right, so there's the guy, and then he has a wife, and that's not the person he's she's obsessed with. She's obsessed with the other lover, and then she's another lover. So God knows how many lovers this guy has, but he is he's married. Got, that we know of, there's at least, so the man I'm obsessed with, what is he? No, the man I'm in love with and the woman she's obsessed with, is that how she refers to them? Uh... We, uh the man I'm yeah, obsessed the, with. Yeah, the man I'm in love. Uh, yeah. Well, she starts off by saying the man I'm sleeping with. And then, no, it's the man I want to be with. That's how the she The man I to want him. to be with and the woman I'm obsessed with. Then there's the no wife. Names. No names. Then there's the wife. And then there's a woman in Spain that he's also oh, yeah. sleeping with. <laughs> Got that <her>. Right. <laughs> because all of these, he commands these, um, all of these women's 
women's oh my god what's proper english he commands their attention all of them what is at, at his mercy <laughs> what a word what a cloud oh my god yeah why a cloud sorry that's private joke <laughs> <laughs> why a cloud um <laughs> sorry i knew that was gonna send you <laughs> oh my god oh god you know what this episode is chaotic just like this book so if anything we're matching the energy yeah we're matching the energy why are clouds what was i saying um women's <laughs> women's um, he has quite a hold or command on the women he's involved with. Um, all of them, I feel like he turns them psycho. I mean, I think that's a really horrible obs- observation to make of these women. But like, it's whatever effect he has on them, I feel like he, it makes them really, really very unreasonable. But maybe yeah. what they're actually asking, well, I mean, we see it from her point of view, but maybe actually what they're asking of him which is some commitment Hmm. isn't an unreasonable thing um well yeah exactly like he's just playing with them all he is he makes it very clear to the narrator at the beginning that he only wants to sleep with her and then he cuts her off from sex after she gets too attached and then he keeps her dangling because she chase she chase chases it throughout key bit of information the narrator has a boyfriend who she doesn't mention until like a few pages in and then you're like whoa what she treats him really badly like really badly. quite badly um and she actually knows it she's very like conscious of her behavior and, and um i don't know whether why she does it i think i don't think she's maybe she's super aware of why she does i don't feel like she does read like she's super aware of why she behaves the way she does she just knows that she's being very irrational and quite unreasonable in her Mm. behavior especially towards him um yeah because it the her behavior towards her boyfriend is enough to make anyone want to break up with anyone um oh yeah in in a in a in a situation but he stays with her um does he find out that she she's cheating? Yeah, and, and then, he still wants to stay with her. Yeah, and then eventually, does she break up with him or something? I can't remember how they break up, but they do break up eventually. And then she goes back to home to her parents, and then it's just all a bit like. Well, yeah. So really interesting point. So so throughout the stream of consciousness, I mean, she'll talk about the situation with her, the man she wants to be with, and the woman she's obsessed with. She does really like rogue things like go to the um there's like a, it's not like a shop but it's like a a viewing place it's that the woman that she's obsessed with has like um is it like a shop is that the best this the yeah it's like a oh I don't really know this, like a showroom and she goes there just to just to see it like she she she's like i can't afford anything here but she it, i think it just sort of brings her closer <laughs> right um the yeah. woman that she's obsessed with is an influencer she's very wealthy um where was i going with my saying <laughs> that was lovely oh thank you um oh god chaos chaos so so she goes between her 
the man she wants to be with, the woman she's obsessed with, then she makes really sort of like broad sweeping statements and yeah. about society and commentary on society that just comes out of nowhere is its own thing. Um, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's within the paragraph um, or is but a commentary within it's it. It's not. Yeah, yeah there's a, it's just a random paragraph. There's one about race, like a whole page, and they reference like um, Stephen Lawrence and um, maybe more institutional structural racism. Mm -hmm. Um, There's one where they talk about um, governments, one in particular, which I was like, yeah, right on. Yeah, and also like they talk about like capitalism and yes. stuff like that. Yes, yes, yes. And so the idea is that, and I, I guess it's in it was in the blurb that Kath had very lovely read to us um yes. that these things are linked and i know that feels like such a um it doesn't feel like it's not tangible but it feels like quite a a bit it feels like it's a stretch but actually no it's it's not really um yeah and that's why i was quite i think i found myself being quite frustrated because it's like i i, I bloody get it like i know like you're preaching to the choir here but the book isn't for me but then also want to tell everyone to read it but it's like I think we both kind of had the same reaction like when we were reading it we were like um, like it's just like stressful to read because the main character is like a narcissist basically and yeah but then like actually there's a there's a review in the guardian and the title is like well the headline of the review um oh no it's not in the headline but in it it says something like um, a I'm a fan by Sheena Patel review a fizzing debut about a sociopathic narcissist <laughs> um, that she is yeah um, but then also like when you sit and reflect on like everything that's explored and like also all the the way it's all like tied together and like the commentary that it is it's clever it's really clever because when you think that, like, I mean, when she talks about like institutional racism and, 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 you know, the structures that keep those things in place. I mean, at the time of recording um, there, you would have seen um, online about the young boy in America who got shot by his name, by someone just for ringing on the wrong doorbell um, yeah. to pick up his sibling. But that man, the homeowner who did that, obviously felt like he had the right to do it. And because the structures are in place, that means that he can just do that and get away with it like he clearly is now. I mean, I think actually they've brought some charges against him that I last Good. saw. Like, um, but there's um, structures in place that obviously mean that people can get away with bad behavior and she explores that yeah. throughout the book so i don't know if you have that page open about um our government the um... so in the uk there's a really big conversation around um immigration at the moment um how it's been pitched to the mass is you know not done in um it's done in a very oh uh, yeah the one about glorifying the good old days yes 1997 yeah. is the, what yeah. the chapter's called yeah yeah so it's perhaps i too selectively glorify the good old days just different days to the one that are being glorified now 
Now there is the throbbing pulse of fascism, of monolithic thinking, of the fear of immigrants, of a culture mean-spirited and backward-looking, of a government wanting to reimagine the country as a floating tax haven, of worshipping only money, gutted and cultureless, unfettered by a population who has any critical thought, only ultimate fandom, while holding politicians to account is repackaged as hate, hate is repackaged as love, and the love is one-sided and slanting. And then, sorry, but then this is this just sums up the no- the book, right? The next page. The thing is, I don't even hate follow the woman I'm obsessed with. I don't follow her at all. I don't follow her and I hate her. What's that called? <laughs> it's just so random. It's just so random. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there's like lots in place. So I think what that commentary to me is really like insightful, especially because, like I said, the stuff that's going on in the UK right now and how... Um, they how this government has decided that they want to treat um people seeking um asylum in this country um they've create they've taken away any safe passages for anyone to be able to, to do that um yeah which means that it forces people into making very dangerous treacherous um take paths um to get here it's not mm-hmm. very many people either we're talking thousands if you think there's millions of people in this country it's ineffectual um yeah um but they've managed to spin it in a way in which it creates hate rhetoric um yeah the media and also the media yeah and the media with that um it's 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 actually just really disgusting and the the irony is the people creating these policies are brown people <laughs> they're you know oh God. they're people yeah. of color um this is they need this book but they have no souls <laughs> women's prize send us some books and them <laughs> they have no soul though that's why they feel like they can do it and they do that because they want to try and assimilate but it means fuck all because at the end of the day your skin's still brown and when the shit hits the van you're the first people to be thrown under the bus telling you that now because that's just how it goes so because the structure's think, in place, it means that that's why it happens that way. Just say. You, I think you <laughs> should at them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, in the book it basically says, like, <laughs> the, the girl she's talking, like, tags the uh, the president as if she's going to, like, as if he's going to see her post. It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's... so, interestingly, like, Sheena Patel, like, the Women's Prize have, like, five minutes with the authors and um, the long-listed authors, and they asked the question, what inspired you to write I'm a fan? It's quite an interesting response. So she said, I watched the attacks on the Capitol and thought that the hold Trump had on his base was similar to the way that it is to be in a relationship with someone emotionally unavailable. I wanted to make the feeling of being extreme something close and uncomfortable, that any one of us is capable of tipping over the edge where the irrational becomes rational. I love that answer. It's good, isn't it? That's a good bloody answer. I also found it really interesting... You know, when she moves, so at some point in the book, she moves back in with her parents after she breaks up with her boyfriend. She has a really interesting relationship with her parents. She's like the second second generation of children that are, of immigrants. So we know she's a person of colour. We don't, I'm, I'm guessing, I, I, I couldn't guess actually. I don't think we really get an indication of her ethnicity as such. Mm, I, don't I don't believe she's black. No, I don't think so. At least that much we know. Um, 
and so her they she talks about communities and Pete and how people are raised um and oh god that's that was a page I had folded over what when she's talking about her family and when she Mm. moves back in and that she was purposefully I want to say naughty it's not the right word but she was purposely I I think I have it go um about being an ogre to frighten her parents yes oh my god I literally over on that page amazing serendipity um, as a teenager, I needed to be an ogre at home to frighten my parents so they didn't frighten me. If I breathed fire against them, then I would scorch the earth around me to have some semblance of autonomy. I amplified my rage to protect myself, but then it was like I stretched my belly and no amount of rage was ever enough. If I made them frightened of me, they wouldn't ask me where I was going and I could do what I wanted without their fear of what the community would think. This abstract idea of community was enough of a reason to police my behaviour, my body and my actions. Is that the passage? Yeah, it is. It's a really interest. It's really interesting because I, I think as I read it or as I understood their relationship, like how she's probably like first or second generation child of like immigrants, etc. And so when you have that at play, it's it's a really difficult um, relation. It's because you're dealing with assimilating to like the culture that you live in, the culture mm. that you come from or you're born of. And how that is for you as someone who then who is then like born born and bred in the UK, like how you merge the two together. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of conversation we were having in our author chat with Celine, right? There's yeah. um there's a point I never really brought up when we had the conversation with her, but she talks about um it's either the hills or the OC or Laguna Beach, and the character in that book was trying not not to assimilate, but you see these like representations online of what it is to be like the ultimate American teenager in that sense but you don't come from that community so it's just trying to find your place within it and I feel Mm -hmm. like in that in this section like the bit about community and how she talks about her relationship with her parents and like what it means to be part of a community being raised by the community and then finding your place within that within those structures was just really really interesting because it's I think it's like a dichotomy that that you're always sort of finding balance with anyway um and even just like a generational thing as well right Mm. um when you're a parent and then how you view and see the world in comparison to how maybe your parents see the world and then how they police like police you or Mm -hmm. I just thought it was really interesting is I I feel like I do feel like sometimes like because obviously none of the cats have names and stuff so then you're like oh like it would be good to know that because then that adds another layer. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that you just inf- she gives you piecemeal inf- information in which you then infer or make. Um, yeah, which infer like what what things are or who things yeah. are, how things are. Which she she won't tell you. You just have to sort of make an assumption that x x equals why as it were mm-hmm. um which i thought was quite interesting yeah. um also just how she talks about the woman she's obsessed with and looking at fandom was quite a quite an interesting piece of commentary as well especially now that you've read that part about why she felt invested to write about this book why she felt she need 
inspired to write it. Um, yeah, I actually, if she, if it gets shortlisted, I'll be interested to see what the Women's Prize release about the book. You know, they do like really good like readers' guides to the book yeah. and stuff. So like at the Women's Prize. <laughs> joking but no but seriously like if it gets shortlisted I would be interested and I wouldn't be surprised if it did get shortlisted to be honest it's the kind of book that you expect to see on the Women's Prize shortlist I think it's a similar vein styley to um no one's talking about this yeah like a stream of consciousness like a stream of consciousness lots of really Mm. wild um random thoughts and then with interruptions but then obviously there's like a massive interruption that then takes. Yeah, I feel like I've seen more and more of that recently in it's like a modern style. literature. It's a trend. Huh? It's a, yeah, it's... because you know where we saw, not, I'm not comparing this book to Sally Rooney. I just want to clarify that. But in What Beautiful World Where Are You, there's all those letters where it's just like the main character like ranting. Yeah. So like, I feel like we've seen that quite a lot in like recent books I've read I don't know if it's a new trend or I've just recently seen it do you know what I mean yeah it's probably not new people probably do it because it's a really good like tool to get opinions and like statements into the book isn't it it's yeah it's a a, maybe it's just an easier way to make social commentary um and I think it's effective I guess in like a monologue type form especially because like the way in which we communicate has changed a lot because of social media and being on the internet and being online, people speak in shorter blog type um, mm. ways. And like Twitter yeah. being, I have 140 characters to express myself in a succinct way. Um, yeah. It's just and, like ramblings, isn't it? Yeah. And actually in that Guardian review that I referred to earlier, mm. it says um, each chapter is a bulletin short, like a quick whirring TikTok slideshow of skits about toxic exes, mean girls and fuck boys. So it's like relating it to like TikTok as well and like that those like dopamine hits. Yes. Yes. And that's what the main character's doing. Like she's like refreshing the Instagram of this girl who's being like just obsessed with it. Obsessed. She's obsessed. And actually her yeah, like I said, the her her relationship with this girl is like a really um I think it's a cool way to explore fandom or just maybe stan-like behavior i mean she's not a stan for this woman but just the ways in which people just fandom really and and sort of that social media influencer culture because it has changed the way in which we interact and view and treat people you know a lot a bit Mm. like that that therapy speak article with people aren't people anymore they yeah are product your fingertips yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah, they're yeah. a commodity. They're a product. They're they're not human. And just to it, turn it all back. Love is blind, and the way people have reacted to that on social media as well. Yes, because they are only just people at the end of the day, and people are make capable of making mistakes. Um, and some people are nicer than others. Some people are um, more empathetic in the way that they. Or, or more, I don't know. Yeah. Some people more, are just, yeah, yeah. You know, and some people are just not very, just, are just yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a really interesting part in the book where she talks about hooking up with that girl in, um, from her work. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? There was a bit where she's on a night out with a girl from work and they start 
getting it on in the club and so they go back oh, to the yeah. house and then she freak the girl freaks out yeah yeah, yeah. um and i just I, I it was like again it's so the social commentary about this book was really cool right i mean it's that's the strongest elements of this book but it doesn't get away from the fact that the narrator is actually just a crappy person and so she sort of puts this girl in a bit of an awkward situation whereby I don't think the girl really knows what she wants to do in terms of hooking up with the narrator. She sort of gets carried away and then realises that actually it's not what she wants for whatever reason. Mm. Um, but she's very, like, pushy about it. Like, yeah, because obviously she's also frustrated that she's not getting anything from the man that she's obsessed with, that she, who she wants to be with. Um but I kind of like it that doesn't... you don't like the main character because I feel like if you liked the main character, it would be a different book. Yeah. No, you couldn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's like meant, the whole book's just meant to make you like pissed off. <laughs> just, yeah. I think her, her she, she does crappy things, gets crappy. Like it's that sort of like butterfly effect isn't it like yeah she makes crappy decisions gets crap back and then treats other people like crap so like the girl that she hooks up with and her boyfriend and her parents um yeah um yeah do you know what i really um need to read a happy book actually well i did read a happy book which we're going to talk about next next time but apart from that everything all the books i'm reading are really intense <laughs> It's really stressful. This one, yeah, this one was really intense. Um, it also makes a really cool critique on, also on fandom and social, because I believe that um, social, like influences and social media keep capitalist structures alive. Not that I'm saying capitalism is the devil, or completely, but I'm just saying like it makes. That's what. The, go on. No, that's in the book as well. Like, yeah. Stuff, like stuff about that. It's in the book as well. I think it's again. It goes back to de sort of dehumanizing people and seeing things as commodities. Um, yeah. And then so you lose you. There's like so when things do happen, like, and you need people to rally together or you need community. I think social media has eroded a lot of that way. Mm. Um, I do think though, like it is, yeah, like it is a good commentary and it is a good book to read. And like, I would, I w it's not that I would. I feel like it's an it's a good piece of literature. Yeah, but I didn't really enjoy the experience. It's a, a yeah, I didn't. I I didn't enjoy the experience, and I was sick when I read it. So it just it wasn't the type of book I needed to read while I was feeling unwell. I needed no. to read something happy and cheery, and this wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> so it just it was not it. It was not <laughs> it, and it made me angry. The last time I was sick and I read a book, it was. Um, a little life but I actually didn't mind reading that that was a real rogue book to read while sick oh um but yeah it's not it's it's like it just made me angry it just made me yeah, angry and I, I, I don't I don't know yeah. I think it's a good one it'd be one of those books that you study at school I can yeah. see it being on like a level or the British Baccalaureate thank you Rishi <laughs> dickhead yeah, what's wrong with the international one? Can't we just do that? No, he wants to scrap A-levels for British Baccalaureate because he wants everyone to do maths until they're 18 because people are crap at maths in the UK. But maybe if you just Ellie, paid I simply, teachers. I simply don't have the energy to 
tell you how strongly I disagree with that right now. Fucking idiot. Uh, you want to talk about maths? Do you want to have a look inside your own fucking party and see how they fucked up the country over the course of a week? Also, I'm not being funny, but like, I would like to say that maths was pure hell for me at school. And I don't think I'm that bad off not having a maths A-level. Okay? (laughs) People just need like practical skills about how to do money management and like... Sorry, I'm very into my data and my Excel now. Did not need a maths A-level for that. I just... (laughs) Also, there's just other pressing issues that need to be dealt with at hand at the moment and you want to focus on that and waste more money on what? Maybe why don't you put money back into schools, into, like, actual, like, comprehensive schools, not private schools? Oh, my God. Dickhead. What about the arts? What about the arts? Oh, yeah, no, no, but they hate the arts because it means that people get to broaden the horizons and have an opinion. They don't want Whoa. you to have an opinion. They just want you to buy their spill. You fucking Who knew dickhead. the art? Who knew the arts was such a good thing? Oh, sorry, guys. I feel like we've been a bit on our soapbox, but I'm just very frustrated by the state of the UK at the moment. And so, therefore, it's chaotic like this episode was. See, we talked about the book, and then we talked about wider issues, and we talked about the book, and then we talked about wider issues. And uh, exactly we tied them together get. quite nicely, actually. There was a bit of a thread. But I think we both need to go and eat and sleep. <laughs> I need to go <laughs> home. <laughs> so on that note, we love you. We and love you. We want to know your thoughts on this book. And we also want you to at the Women's Prize and tell them to sponsor us. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. And that's the app. If you like the episode, please leave us a lovely review, subscribe and share with your friends and we'll love you forever. <laughs> Follow us on socials at We Are Bookish Pod. Thanks for listening. <laughs>